turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to The Firing Line with Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Vortex Optics, Cutting Edge Bullets, and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. And now, your host, Rick Travis. Happy Saturday, Patriots. I'm Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle Pistol Association, here with Firing Line Radio. This week, I have my co-worker, friend, and ally in the fight, Kevin Small, who's our Director of Grassroots and Advocacy. And we're here to talk to you about two words that are Mottos for some military units. They've been mottos for Boy Scouts and other people. It's called Semper Paratus. Be prepared or always prepared if you're looking at the Latin. And the question we're going to ask in today's radio show, in light of recent events going on in the world and things that are happening are, are you always prepared? For example, do you have a CCW? Because if not, then you aren't prepared for a lot of things that could happen. Do you have an earthquake kit at home? If not, you're not prepared for one of the most likely things that happen. Um, and even if you have it, have you looked at it in the last five, 10 years since you bought it on sale at Costco or wherever? Or maybe you're one of those people that said, well, Rick, I bought it at Price Club, which hasn't existed for more than 10 years. You know, are you one of those people that have thought about what you would do in a home invasion? Folks, I'm here to tell you, after years of working with the public as a first responder and working here at the California Rifle Pistol Association, you have to be prepared in order to react in real time, or you're going to get yourself and those you care about in a lot of serious trouble. This concept that we have in America that, oh, there's a lot of people there to help us, protect us, law enforcement, fire, EMS, those are all great organizations. I've had family that have served entire careers in all of those. I was in EMS and in law enforcement. Let me tell you something. We're a reactionary force. We're not a prevention force. We're not even really a protection force. And when things get really bad, like we saw in the pandemic, which was not that long ago, folks, there's not enough of us to go around to help everybody, which is why you are your own first responder, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So let's just start off with something soft, something gentle, say like a 7.0 earthquake here in the Inland Empire or anywhere else in Southern California, because we happen to sit on more than one fault. In fact, it's our fault that we bought homes where there's faults. Um, so let's talk about that, Kevin. I mean, you know, Throughout my lifetime, I've always been like, that was NorCal. And then I think, oh, crud, NorCal just went off. Next stop, SoCal. 
So, I mean, why is it we are so reticent to have active earthquake kits and actually not just have them, but there's another part of that. Have you ever practiced using it? Well, yeah, I think that's a, a little bit of the bubble effect, right? And I actually, you know, the firearms community, um, we see a lot of examples of destigmatization when it comes to this stuff, especially uh, just uh, preparedness at home. Uh, but there is definitely that aspect of uh, living in a bubble or the Hollywood effect that we think nothing bad is going to ever happen to us. Uh, the only problem is, is that creates the, <laughs> the unpreparedness when something bad does happen to you. Uh, actually, Rick, I, I mean, I, I went through this with you just a couple, just a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been to the range. I've definitely, well, probably been to the range more than most. Got that, uh, accuracy that that I've been working on while I'm standing still pointing at a target and and that's all great and good. I can even talk to you about the the preparation that I've made with my wife in in case of a home invasion. But you know what I never prepared for is a phone call at 9:30 at night from my brother who lives a block away saying, "Hey, my house is getting broken into and my wife and children are in there. I need you to go protect them." So, you know, I I I have pride that I live a block from my brother. Uh, and he's my best friend, but why have I never thought about having to protect his house? I've only thought about protecting my own. Uh, I think the same, the same kind of aspect comes into even earthquake preparedness where, uh, it's good to have a, a group uh, of people that you can talk through these scenarios with. Uh, what am I going to do in this case? You know, it, it, it all ends up being information, uh, but it can be something that saves your life or somebody's life close to you if that day actually comes. And and that's what living in the bubble really hinders us from preparing ourselves to do, right? If we're not even thinking about it, then we're certainly not going to know what to do in that situation. And fortunately for me, I, I, I came to you and, you know, the first question that I asked is, Rick, here's what happened. Tell me everything that I did wrong. Uh, we were able to kind of talk through all that stuff, and and that's good to have on the back end too. Fortunately, no nobody was injured. It it sort of ended up being a false alarm there, uh, but you know it's good to have those conversations and you know going forward creating more plans. I think I mean you talk about earthquakes here in Southern California. We've got some issues. We are pretty populated here in Southern California. Mm -hmm. If uh, electrical grids go down, freeways are are jam packed and stopped you got to have a plan of how you're going to get to where you need to be. So there are a lot of things, and that's that's besides anything that you could have in your house to help you stay there for a while, right? Uh, so there are lots of things that, that should be gone through in any sort of uh, mental or physical preparedness uh, for something like that to happen that we just don't see a whole lot of going on. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. I, I remember we had uh, an annual exercise called the Great Shakeout, and I had to go to down, downtown L.A. during that day, and they told us, oh, well, the earthquake just happened. It was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they're like, you have to get back home. But by the way, all the freeways are inoperable because those would be like the Newport Inglewood fault that had went off, which would be horrific. And I literally sat there and thought, why don't I, you know, everybody has like that old pair of clothes or those old pair of shoes that you you look at and you don't want to quite throw away, but they're comfortable. 
but they're not what you're going to wear out to work or, you know, out on a date or something with the fam. And I thought, why didn't I keep those in the back of my car? Because what I had was my work boots, which were great for work. But the, you know, 21 mile hike back from downtown LA to where I live in Orange County would not have been great in those boots. It would have slowed me down. It, it just would have been problematic. And it's, it's people not thinking these things out. Like, you know, I, I, I equate a lot of times, um, disaster safety is like, when your family all of a sudden gets the great idea that you've pined for for years as the guy in the family or the guy in the family that's the outdoors person who's like, oh, the family wants to go camping. And then you hit the garage or the shed where you got your camping gear and you start throwing it all in the car only to realize, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. Oh, this is in good shape anymore. It's, you know, been blasted with heat and cold for six years up on the rafters and falling apart. You know, it's like, that's when people realize it. And I think more to your point, too, is getting out there. And I think the first part of preparedness is starting to form a group of people you can talk to. And it can start off with with an earthquake. You know, you don't have to bring up firearms or anything else. You can just go to your neighbors and say, if the earthquake happened, what's your plan? Well, I think and you're, bring, you're, you're yeah. bringing up a good point here, too, is that it it, it requires constant assessment. If you have, you know, a box in the garage, whether it be uh, food or, you know, anything that you would have to take with you, you know, dust gets in that stuff. It goes, the the food expires, all of this stuff. So I, I think that can also be where you, you lose a large subset of people because it does require that constant assessment and life gets in the way of that sometimes. But um, and especially the way that I'm thinking now, when you have something happen to you, the prevalence of that kind of builds a little bit more. Uh, so, you know, I think it's important to continue sharing stories like this so that it can be prevalent in everybody's lives. What about the most basic thing, water? Yeah. You know, do, do you have a filter or do you have a stash of water somewhere in your car or in your home? These basic things or communication with the people you love. You're obviously, if you're not with them when something happens, you need to have a plan to get back to them or to get them to you. So there's a lot of different aspects to this. Uh, you know, some of these things can be covered in the training community where, you know, there, there's plenty to go over in the training community already. But absolutely having a group where you can brainstorm this stuff, especially with your family, can be vitally important. I think it's important, too, that even the most simplest things like, you know, whether you want to call it your IFAC, which is your individual first aid kit or your family first aid kit. Most people never open up a first aid kit until after the bad things happen. And you know what? You need to go in there and make sure band-aids are still high quality, make sure everything's still ready to work. And you need to have a familiarity with it because when that happens, that, that issue that you have to use the first aid kit for, the person you're caring for, if it's not yourself, needs to have a little confidence in that you know what you're doing. And if you're throwing stuff out of a kit all over the place trying to find something, uh, that confidence level is, is tanking pretty fast, and that could be negative for the outcome of the whole situation. And I think that goes the same for, you know, every other thing that you would use when, you know, evil or disaster strikes. But part of what I want to talk to you about it is there seems to be a perception in this country that um, everything's a shock, everything's a surprise, everything's a, wow, didn't see that coming. And so I want to unpack that in the, in the next segment here on Firing Line Radio, because folks, I'm going to make the opposite argument. There's really no big surprise. 
If you're paying attention, you're not going to get caught off guard. We'll be back on Fine Line Radio. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, the legislative director for the California Rifle Pistol Association. And with me today is my my friend and my ally in arms, Kevin Small. He is the Director of Grassroots and Advocacy, and we're talking about Are You Always Prepared? In the last segment, we started to come into the idea of what I said, there's nothing that's a surprise. And let me let me just bring break that down for you. You know, the morning of 9-11, none of us who are alive at the time and were old enough to watch it unfold, um, you know, it was a shock to the system. But if you were to think about it, one thing I'll give bin Laden over a lot of our politicians, he was honest. Multiple times he threatened, hey, I'm going to blow up a couple of embassies. And then what did he do? Blow them up. Hey, I'm going to strike a naval ship. Did it. Hey, I'm going to go after some American service people while they're sleeping. Did it. Like everything he threatened to do, he did. He threatened to attack us in in New York and did it. So the fact that we got attacked should not have been a surprise. Now, maybe the uniqueness of using the aircraft on World Trade Center, sure. I'm, I'm not going to say we had an exact plan, but um, and I think a lot of people came out afterwards and said, well, the government knew. Why didn't they warn us? But, folks, that had been in the news. That had been where anybody could have seen it. And, you know, Rodney King, we, we watched everything for those of remember when those riots broke out. It wasn't a big shock that the riots broke out. You know, um, subway attacks when, when, you know, we get all these warnings and, and people are told, Hey, be on the watch because something could happen. And then we're like, wow, it happened. This is true of even in Israel where, you know, for any of us saying here, wow, people in, in, you know, the Middle East lost it and went after each other. Folks, 
after the last 40 years of watching this repeat over and over and over, this whole, we didn't see it coming, I just don't buy it. And I bring that up because we sit here today, and I'm just going to run a scenario. I hope, folks, none of this ever happens. I'm not that guy that gets up every morning and goes, today's a day. No, just the opposite. I don't worry about this, but I understand it. You know, we've had an open border. Despite your political feelings about the border and how it should be ran, the fact is, the fact is that we know we have had terrorists cross that border. Multiple agencies, multiple watchdog groups, multiple NGOs have stated so. Multiple governments that oppose us and groups that oppose us outside the country have told us so. These are people that don't like us, and they're here. Now, maybe they do nothing ever, and maybe they do. But for Invis to say, well, that could never happen here because no one's going to hang glide into, uh, you know, Poway or San Diego or, or something like that. And, you know, folks, we've had people tunnel, tunnel from Mexico into California, from Mexico into Arizona, into Texas, tunnel, tunnel right under businesses along the border that everybody went to work every day. Did the work every day. Some of them office, some of them construction. Never heard the tunneling. And we're not talking a non We're talking complex tunnels that had railroad tracks, all sorts of stuff in them. So, folks, could it happen here? Yes. Will it? I don't know. But why do you think it is, Kevin, that with all these warnings, all these examples, that we don't take it upon ourselves to go, I... I need to be that 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 could happen here. Well, I you know it's kind of interesting, and with the emergence of uh, especially social media, like while while you're talking about uh, specifically what's what's going on in uh, Gaza and Israel right now, I'm reminded of uh, a a speech that David Horowitz gave at the University of San Diego um, in 2010. Okay, so so 2010 is now closer to the 9-11 attacks than it is to today, right? right. Uh, I mean, that, that would, you know, it's it's 13 years ago. Uh, David Horowitz gave a speech and, and there was a student uh, that was uh, part of the HSA organization at the college campus. Uh, and David Horowitz asked her very politely, will you condemn Hamas? And she wouldn't do it. He went on to continue and say, you know, he referenced the leader of Hezbollah uh, coming out and making a public statement saying that he wished all the Jews would come back to Israel so that he didn't hunt them down, didn't have to hunt them down globally. And he asked her again, are you for it or against it? And she said, for it, uh, you know, and, and good for David Horowitz to keep his cool and to just explain, I'm glad that you're saying this because now everybody knows that this exists here. But that happened in 2010. That's not today. These people have been walking over the border. Now, to your other point, you know, I don't necessarily know. I, I don't necessarily know a single person who doesn't care about this, who is informed. And I, I think that's that's telling. Uh, so it's not necessarily about caring or not caring. It's about somebody who's willing to be informed or not willing to be informed. And fortunately, with a lot of people's uh, pocketbooks hurting these days because of the way the economy is and inflation, People are paying attention to things like uh, the Ukraine war uh, and what's going on in the Middle East. And guess what? 
our current administration's uh, uh, ratings are going down. So it seems actually pretty universal. The people who are starting to pay attention are not favorable to these sorts of things. Now, we've been preaching these things in the firearms community for years, right? You need to protect yourself. You need to care. Uh, now that seems to be expanding, but it, it's still going to be about getting this information out to people who don't already have it. Yeah, and you bring up a really good point. I think the Second Amendment community uh, gets misplaced by some people as being this right-wing thought process, but it's not. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are, are actually belong to the liberal gun community, that, and, you know, we have different political policy viewpoints. Um, but I want to I want to bring something up. I mean, some of the people out there, especially some of the younger people out protesting, you know, because they're at college and, and part of that some seems to be like a college thing to do, go protest something like, you know, check that off your list. You know, had the raging party, um, you know, wrecked the car and protested. Yeah, I can graduate. But um, <laughs> as, as far as that goes, you need to really understand who you're defending, because, you know, there are people that have lifestyle choices here in California, that that's their, that's their freedom to have those choices and, and to live their life their way. Uh, under Hamas, you'd be dead for those choices. There is not the same idea. So when you're saying like, oh, I'm out there protesting because I support these people, you're supporting people that kill people just like you in other parts of the world. And if they could get your hands on you, they'd do likewise. And so then- my, my thing is just no who these people are. Um, you know, Al Capone said, hey, I'm a nice guy. Really? Really, Al? <laughs> it's like, you gotta, you gotta look at some of these people. Um, so, getting a little away from the politics and back to it, I think part of the problem is we have lived for so long with these great oceans and saw them as barriers, and we just have this belief that people won't do it, but I think now is the time for people to start saying it is better to be prepared and have the things you need to take care of you, your family, your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, than not to have it. And that's increasingly hard in a state like California. I know in the next segment, we're going to have our director of training with us, which will be great. But one of the things that we need to to really focus down on is Kevin, that starts with your ability that when evil comes, and unfortunately, I've had to, to deal with that a couple of times professionally in my life, you don't get to negotiate with evil. Yeah, so so why not bring every, adventa- ad, ad, every advantage to yourself as you possibly can? And, and to bring this home with firearms specifically, when are we going to say enough is enough here in California? How many more wars need to happen where you have the the you know the US exporting billions of dollars either in uh firearms or weapons uh or in money so that firearms and weapons can be purchased to save these civilians from tyrannical governments you know what i mean like how how many how many more examples do we need to see worldwide until we bring that home and ask our own federal and state government, why do you continue to hammer us with firearms legislation that are handcuffing the citizens here while we watch other citizens of other countries need these things to protect themselves from their government? 
which is why I, 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 I'm not shocked because politics are politics, but when you watch a president like Biden say, you guys don't need AR-15s, you don't need any of these firearms because, like, what are you going to do against, you know, an F-16? But he certainly had no problems sending all those same exact types of firearms to the people of Ukraine to go up against MiG-25s, MiG-27s, and everything else. So it's like, uh, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because a lot of people already died before you ever got those firearms to them. A lot of those people could have been trained and knew how to use them and didn't have to to learn through combat of, oops, shouldn't have done that because now so-and-so is not here or I'm not there. So, yeah, I mean, we have to really look at, at the reality of what our government's doing, Talk saying one thing and talking another. But we'll be back here on Fine Line Radio to talk about why now, more than ever, is the time for you to make some decisions. We'll be back on Fine Line Radio. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And in this third segment, we not have only one great friend of mine, Kevin Small, the Director of Advocacy and Grassroots from CRPA, but we have one of my oldest friends um, in terms of knowing him for a long time, not that he's old personally, and that would be Jerry Clark, our Director of Training. Uh, and Jerry's a great guy. We're going to be here talking to you about everything that we have going on in the world of CCWs. And right now, we've been talking about disasters. We've been talking about why you need to be trained, why you need to have things. But CCWs, as Kevin and I can break down for you, have become a big issue with the passing of Senate Bill 2 this last year. And Senate Bill 2 is making it increasingly hard. And we have some things going on in the court systems across the country where if before a law kicks in, you already have those things that made you a part of the case. So in this case, Senate Bill 2 goes after people with CCWs. So if you have a CCW or in the process, like literally started it, filed it with your local agency prior to December 31st, then the court decisions will come out will be there to defend you. For those of you that wait, uh, oh, well, let's see what happens, and maybe next year, you may not have the same protections as those of us who already have CCWs are presently acquiring them. So I say this because you only got about two months for like getting training, getting stuff to push through, and then the department has the time to, to go through its process to issue. So it will be longer than the two months in the majority of cases. But my point is, Now's the time to do it. 
And Jerry, we got you on. I mean, is there a plethora of classes or is that going to be really hard if you don't get on the stick? Well, right now it's going to be difficult. If you start, if you don't start the process, it's going to be very difficult. Currently, right now, through the training department here at the California Rifle and Pistol Association, we've only been running one class a month and it's been averaging about six to eight students. So you need to get in now. Now is the time. Um, we have a couple of classes coming up. Um, spoke with Rick this morning. We have a class coming up on November 2nd here at the training center. Oh, actually, November 4th. Correct me. November 4th. And then the second one is December 2nd. And those are now the times to get in. It's important if you want to get this done and you want to do this before the courts start making all these different changes, it's now the time. So, Jerry, are, are you seeing an influx in students, and that's why it's important to get a, ahead of the ball, or are you specifically talking about Senate Bill 2 uh, and the changes potentially that could come because of it? Well, I believe right now we haven't seen an in, we haven't seen a big influx. We've seen a lot of people coming through, coming through as groups of people. So there's been a couple of groups that we've had come through that were 10 different friends. They all did their classes at the same time. But with Senate Bill 2 coming, um, the anticipation is, yes, this will probably increase the number of people. And as we get out and we start telling the community to start now, that influx is going to hit just drastically. Yeah, I think that's a that's a big issue. I know I've been pushing it on multiple, you know, um media outlets that you know, there's a finite number of classes and if you're going to make this move, I also think what you brought up Jerry was important and it goes back to what Kevin and I said in an earlier segment on the show today is that we've got a lot of people who are starting to form groups of friends, family and stuff and taking these issues seriously and coming together and working together as almost a unit to get their training and, and to get everything processed and working it, um, providing childcare for each other, doing all sorts of stuff to make it happen. And I think that's really important because, folks, there's a thing that Jerry and I and Kevin always talk about called muscle memory. Uh, it's training. There are things that I can do in an emergency medical situation where my hands just move because they've done it so much. But there's other things like, you know, Learn how to, to build a piece of furniture. My hands don't move the same way because you know what? I'm teaching them a new muscle memory. Um, the same thing goes like what Kevin said I thought was classic. Kevin, what you were saying, like, hey, I go to the range. I've got really good at playing, uh, playing around on target and standing there and, and doing all those things. But that's great for ranges. But you got to go to somebody like Jerry or, or some of the people he networks with and get various types of train because, unfortunately, the terrace isn't going to stand 21 feet away from you and stop and smile <laughs> to let you do stuff. You have to get more active, like type shooting training and, and things like that. Jerry, go over some of the training that you think people need for being prepared. Well, I, I think the first thing that we need to all understand is a new gun owner needs to come through a basic pistol class. They need to understand how their firearm functions. They need to go to the range and spend some time shooting it. That's important because most people will take it right out of the box and go, okay, now it's time to go get my CCW with no practical experience. Then secondly, I would say that you need to turn around and start looking at a personal protection inside the home. This is uh, 
I think, important because most people don't understand the law part that goes with that. Dan, hey, Jack, I want to stop you for a second. Go ahead. I got a question. So I'm going to I'm going to play really quick the role of three potential people that want to come take a class from you. Uh, Mr. Mr. Clark, why do I why, why do I need to do that? I served in the military for, um, you know, 10 years back in the 90s. Uh, or or do you not know that I am like the reigning champion in my group on Call of Duty, every single version that's ever came out? <laughs> or, hey, I'm a former Boy Scout and I have my merit badge in rifle safety. Again, it's not the same. Um, unfortunately, sitting behind a remote control and shooting isn't the same as actually picking up a real firearm and walking out to a range and shooting it on a regular basis. Military is trained a completely different way than what it should be trained in the civilian world. And then if a Boy Scout, well, that's muscle memory that you've probably forgotten because that was how many years ago? So it makes it a little bit more difficult. Not to mention, I mean, you know, a lot of the firearms have trained. I mean, a lot of people that might have served in the 80s, and this is their first time getting back into it, you know, there's a lot of firearms such as Glocks that weren't available at that time that you need to understand how those work compared to what your Beretta 92 or your 1911 or, you know, your dad's M1, whatever it may have been that you learned on. There's a lot of new technologies and new ways to break them down and clean them and, and do all those things. Yeah, and it's important to understand it. And a lot of people will go out and purchase a firearm based on what somebody had actually told them. This is the firearm you should have. The first thing you need to do is to go out to a local range that might rent these firearms, go through a half a dozen or a dozen of them, and fire them. Make sure that it's comfortable for you. It's not what I think. It's not what anybody else thinks. It's what's comfortable for you. Too many times we have students coming through class that have gone out and purchased a firearm for the very first time. They've not shot it. They go to the range, and one, it doesn't fit well in their hands. It doesn't feel good. Two, they're not able to pull the slide back. So go test fire firearms before you make a decision or come through a class and listen to the instructors and pick up some of the things that you need to be looking for. I think one of the things, too, we got to talk about as we move towards the final segment today is access. And I want to finish this segment up. I think access in California has been a big issue. I know uh, Kevin and I were talking about it, like, you know, when you have kids in the house, be it your own kids, your grandkids, visiting kids, there are rules of where firearms have to be because you have children present. And then there's what you can do when there's not children present. And there's all sorts of different storage laws being talked in California. Those all become barriers to your safety that you have to pre-think out and discuss um, because, you know, if you have everything in one part of the house, I always say Murphy's Law is the bad thing's going to happen in the other part of the house or you're going to be cut off from that part of the house that has what you want, which is why I don't have one first aid kit as a former medic. I have several that are in different parts of the house in both cars and a couple places in the backyard because I'm banking on that the destruction won't be so bad. And if it's that bad, I'm probably not here anyway. So you know, I've covered all my bases. But I think the same thing is true with access to your firearm. You've got to be able to pluck this out of like, hey, I may need more than one, which flies in the face of conventional wisdom. Why would you need more than one? Well, you got a big, you know, 2,400 square foot house and 
your firearms in the uh, upstairs bedroom and you get caught in the kitchen, that could be an issue. Yeah, it can be a big issue, and that's where people have to understand. And Rick is correct when you talked about having multiple firearms throughout the house, and it's going to be based on your personal needs. It's not what you think or, you know, what you want to do. It's based on your personal needs, and you've got to understand, and Rick makes a great point, you could have children in the house and storage laws, you know, have um, not having access for people who are untrained or unauthorized. That's a key important part of what we do. Yeah, and I think that's something that um, a lot of people aren't familiar with the latest laws, and so we want to make sure that you always comply with those laws and stay safe, but also that you figure out ways that you can make sure that those laws don't cost you and your loved ones your lives as well. We'll be back here on Fine Line Radio. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM590, the answer. The Greater Long Beach Gun Owners CRPA Chapter meets the third Wednesday of every month at the Long Beach Rod and Gun Club, 3333 Pacific Avenue, Long Beach, California, 90807. The meeting is from 7 to 8.30 with monthly handgun shoots, FT3 Tactical, and weekly shotgun shoots, L.A. Clays. Welcome back, Patriots, to Firing Line Radio. Today's been a great show on being prepared. My name's Rick Travis. I'm your host here for the California Rifle Pistol Association as your legislative director. And with me is Kevin Small, the director of grassroots and advocacy, and Jerry Clark, our director of training. And we're talking about always being prepared. Let's go back to what's been going on in Israel, because I think it's... You know, Israel is a freedom-loving democracy, a country that that cares. You know, yet they had this rule that we saw play out in a lot of the kibitzes, little communes of, of families and people. And kind of try to think of those like a track of homes here in, the, in suburbia, where people had firearms, but they had to be checked in. You had to go check them out. You had to have a license. You couldn't have more than 50 rounds. And then after this happened, immediately the Israeli government went, oh, 50 rounds, that was a stupid idea. Let's go with 100 rounds. Um, you know, Jerry, you and I both know, and Kevin, <laughs> at the range, <laughs> 100 rounds, 
That's like 20 minutes max at a range. And that's taking your time, as Kevin said earlier, making sure you place your target you know, and your shots well on target. Um, when you're in combat, I will tell you guys, 100 rounds, uh, that's not even like three, four minutes. I mean, like, those are going down range fairly quickly because you want to stop the bad people from coming at you. Um, so that's kind of ridiculous. And I think that, you know, government officials shoot their mouths off, but they don't think this thing out. Um, we have billions of rounds of ammunition that I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed it, but they do not self-load themselves into a firearm and take on anything like nothing. Those are billions of opportunities for something to go wrong and nothing does. So I think we need to start having those discussions with people and saying, like, let's get practical. That's like saying that, you know, there's a bunch of cars in a car lot and one of them's going to suddenly kick itself in and, and go drunk driving on its own. No, that's, that will never happen. So, um, you know, let's look at this. What are some of the barriers that we have here in California on people being able to defend themselves during one of these horrific crises when society breaks down or we're under attack? Well, I think some of them are 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 being addressed, but they still exist. Uh, you know, you talk and again, going back to uh, my story and what happened to me a few weeks ago, I was faced with exactly that. You know, I uh, uh, I got caught trying to run out of the house and I had to face the decision. Do I spend the time running upstairs to my safe, taking the time to unlock that safe to get my uh, pistol or do I just run straight out the house? And uh, if you don't have laws that are uh, really limiting you in this way for for storing your firearms safely in your home, you you don't you're not even faced with that decision, right? Uh, this can even translate into uh, uh, say our uh, CRPA's Duncan v. Bonta lawsuit that's currently at an at the Ninth Circuit on Bonk panel where they're limiting ammunition in California to ten rounds or less per magazine. Uh, so there, there's certainly no shortage of uh, obstacles that the California government has already put on us. And then you look at something like Senate Bill 2, where they are trying to take the, the means that we currently have, which are limited, as opposed to 99% of the rest of the country, uh, and basically say the ones who have gone through the process, who have created the relationship with their local law enforcement, uh, who have been carrying these around, we're now going to say that you can't carry it uh, in 75% of the places that you go on a daily basis. Uh, so there, there's certainly no shortage of obstacles that that the government has put up for us. You know, we have a staffer that was in a home invasion a couple of years ago, and the staffer shared that um, family members had, had chided them that, hey, you need to keep your doors locked, but they felt in a safe area you know, they were still in college. They had, you know, college friends coming over all the time. And, you know, it wasn't one person that did the home invasion. It was four. They were all armed. And just to make a point, none of them had the limited capacity magazine that California law wants you to have of 10 rounds. They all had magazines that had more than 15 rounds in them. They also were armed with tasers. And the individual ended up being tased by three different people at once, which is horrible. Um, it could have cost him his life when you're doing that many different electric shocks at once. But, uh, you know, 
they made it through, but they totally changed their mindset. Folks, I want you to realize when Kevin says that, a lot of people say, why do you need more than 10 rounds? Well, you know, 60 versus 10, those aren't good odds. That's a six to one odds against. And so you got to, you got to start looking at those, um, issues because those are real. The other thing is you got to start, and I'm going to strongly encourage all of you. The three of us, along with a lot of other people, we discuss scenarios, we discuss training, we discuss access, we discuss legislation. Folks, the time for being quiet and armchair quarterbacking this, it's over. It is in your rearview mirror so far back of you that you can't even make out where it is anymore. You have to come to reality and start talking. You've got to do this because if you care about yourself or anybody around you, this is now a priority. And the lessons here is, you know, just this week, after everything that's happened, Hamas literally came out along with its benefactors and said, oh, well, if you think we're only doing this here in Israel, no, we're coming to the West. Let's understand who the West is. That's us. It's coming here. And like Kevin and I said, there's a lot of those people already here. And they, they're not being quiet and going, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we're never thinking about that. These are people like Kevin said earlier in this show, you know, 2013 or 2010, yeah, 2010, you know, that were like, yep, I don't like America. I don't like you. And yes, I believe in this. And no, I don't believe that you have the right to be from this culture or that culture. You know, this is, we live in California, the land that says, hey, we have to accept multiple cultures and be friendly and kind. That's not what these people are here for. And so if we want to protect ourselves, we got to take this serious. And it's not just firearms, folks. I mean, Jerry, I know you offer um, all sorts of emergency medical classes that people can take to be better prepared. Yeah, we talk about what we talk about, earthquake medicine or, uh, you know, just preparedness just in general. When you're talking about having a first aid kit available. Rick made a comment to that earlier, but it's not only having that available, it's also having the training behind it so you know how to use it. It's important for us to understand that you might have a great kit, but if you don't know how to use it, it's pretty much useless. So you've got to take that time and and you've got the other part, practice with your first aid kit. Well, you know, that's a great point. I said yesterday to somebody who um, was showing me they had a brand new uh, tourniquet that looked pretty interesting. I said, have you practiced with it? And they're like, well, no, it's it's kind of the same. I said, well, no, you need to practice with it. I said, and by the way, um, you're right-handed. Yeah. Have you practiced using your left hand to put it on your right arm? And he's like, well, why would I do that? I said, because Murphy's Law of Combat Medicine is... You just lost your good arm, and the only arm you have is your crap arm. And if you don't know how to work anything with your crap arm, not only do you not have your right arm, you probably just lost your life because you bled out. So you need to practice with your left arm. And he was like, wow, you know, former law enforcement, he was like, no one ever told me to do that. That's, wow. Like, his mind was blown. And to me, that's just like common sense. But that's what I mean why you need to have people with various backgrounds in your group to talk about these things so you can become better trained. And I'm going to tell you, people, you waste a lot of money on stupid stuff. We all do, even in this tight economy. Training is never a waste of time or money. Training is what makes you better. I've been doing this for 
the better part of five decades almost. And you know what, folks? I'm still a student. You know, yeah, I instruct people, but I am always a student first because there's always stuff to learn. Kevin, closing thoughts. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, you you constantly hear in firearms training that uh, uh, shooting is a diminishing skill. That's not the only existing diminishing skill. So, uh, you know, definitely we got to start getting, you know, with our close-knit group of people and discussing these things uh, so that they don't diminish. And I, I also think it's important to understand that people aren't people aren't stupid like we always assume or think they are. When that criminal comes into your home, he's not stupid. He knows that he's committing a crime. So why are we continuing to allow our state government to handcuff us in being able to protect ourselves? What that's going to take is changing the people who are in government, who, by the way, they're not stupid either. They have a motive for doing these things as well. So, uh, you know, it, it's it, if we're not preparing for these uh, disastrous situations, we should be preparing for how our government is going to be run for the next three decades. And we can do that by changing the people in office come the 24, uh, 24 elections. You know, folks, I'm going to put it this way. You got the director of training, Jerry Clark, on today. Go to his website. If you need to call the office, you can hit him at jclark at crpa.org. He will get you to the train you need to get to. Join the CRPA, go to our chapters, connect with people that are like-minded, can help you. And remember, as I say every week, be safe, shoot straight, and fight back for your rights here at Firing Line Radio and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM 590, the answer.